Welcome everyone to a new episode from Happy Kid Monday. At this time, I have a very special guest. It's Lilu Rebo, and she's also doing an internship right now in one of my companies. So I'm super happy to have you here because today we talked about mental health because we were working on something. And then I realized how important it is to have an understanding between the different generations. And yes, we're both very young, but it's still two different generations. Um, on how mental health is approached, right? Because we figured out that there is a difference in how I see it and how you see it. So I'm super happy to have you as a guest. Do you want to introduce yourself for a bit? Uh, yeah, why not? So I recently turned 19 and I've been working for your company for over a month now. And yeah, it was interesting for me because you also gave me the opportunity to develop my skills as a writer Uh, and to talk about different topics, um, including mental health. So it was interesting for me to talk about that, given that I was writing for you, but from my perspective. So it was nice also to see that we kind of, we kind of had the same outlook in some some things and some what what differed. Um, so yeah. Thank you. So let's start. So um, I'm born in '94, so in the last century basically, and I figured out. Um, pretty early in my life that mental health is a black box like when I was younger I remember that mental health was not a term that anybody used it was not a topic like if somebody was insane then yeah like nobody talked about it you know this was like really a black thing like <laughs> also when somebody was depressed it was more like oh my god like this person's going to see a therapist like oh my god like <laughs> distance yourself you know um so how is it for you like How was it for you, for example, when you turned 18? Because as a comparison, when I turned 18 in uh, 2012, mental health was not a topic, like, at all. Yeah, so obviously it was very different for me because when I turned 18, I think that mental health was also already an integral part of what I was seeing everywhere and talked about a lot. But I feel like maybe even in the past like year, it's developed even more. Uh, towards also diff like different subjects because I feel like maybe at first mental health was covering a lot about depression but maybe not you know like people felt that if you were not depressed or like if you didn't have like you weren't diagnosed with uh, a big illness or something like that your mental health wasn't as valid or it was a different perception you know like not necessarily believing that there is something else than depression or uh, mentally like mental mental illnesses um, but obviously it was already a, an open conversation and something I had talked about with many of my friends. I think that was kind of recurrent, like a, um, a recurring topic for us in my friend group and how we were each struggling without necessarily having to go to therapy, but you know, like how we could help each other and how our mental health was also important. Um, so I think that was different in that way, although it was still pretty stigmatized. I feel like a lot of people still stigmatize it a lot, even though it's the conversation is way more open than it was before. I still I, I still think that there's a lot of stigma around it. Yeah, so maybe we go on for the definition. Like what what is like mental health? Like when you you just mentioned that you talk with your friends openly about it, which I think is so cool. Like I would have wished this was possible like 10 years ago. Um yeah. What what is mental health for you? Like, how do you support each other in that? Um, I would say mental health is 
basically it's a very broad term and I think it just goes from being not being well and feeling like you know having intrusive thoughts and maybe something even worse than that to also feeling healthy and feeling well with your thoughts and accepting them so I think it's a broad a very broad spectrum um how we supported each other I think what was important in my friend group and also something that I'm very lucky is that I I have close friends and we are able to talk about everything like I don't have a huge friend group but that makes it even you know like we're very very close so it was never an issue it was never an issue of thinking like oh my god maybe they're gonna judge me because I feel a certain way and it was never about invalidating each other's feelings which was I think not everybody has that privilege and um, that's why I was very lucky to have them especially when I was younger I think I struggled maybe more with my mental health than what I how I do currently um, and I was always very lucky to have friends who were understanding and always giving me like being there to listen to me uh, but also sometimes you know sometimes you just want to speak and talk about what's happening in your life without somebody trying to rationalize it and give you a solution and sometimes you do want someone to help you with your issues and I think my friends were amazing at finding the balance and I think that's what also all brought us closer together is because we were able to communicate what we wanted from the discussions about mental health you know like when we were talking about our issues like what we wanted from the discussion and what did we didn't want so yeah wow it always blows me away when i speak with people your age and you're like saying things like yeah you know we didn't invalidate each other's feelings and i'm like wow like can you imagine <laughs> um at least in my life this didn't play a role like whether or not somebody invalidated your feelings was like the most unimportant thing ever and it was not even in my consciousness at least I'm I'm pretty sure there are people in my generation who were conscious of that but I wasn't for sure and I didn't even know that it's my right you know my my basic human right that I am allowed to have like valid feelings and that my feelings matter <laughs> you know like what I learned for the majority of my life is when I feel something then it's better to push it away and not think about it or swallow it down because I should just function, right? Like the focus, like in my, I don't want to say upbringing because then it's like all of my parents and I don't want to blame them for it. I think it's really a generational thing. But, you know, when, for example, in my first job or my first internship, like when my boss was like unfair or, um, you know, they just gave me like tasks they didn't even explain me anything about with like super big responsibility and then they got pissed if I did a little mistake um and I felt bad about this like there was no open like there was no openness even to 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 have this as a topic you know like there was no room for discussion so I find this very beautiful to hear and also to see that in your generation you guys are so much more open like I feel like you approach this the opposite direction like you meet each other like you come into a new class and you meet new people and the first thing is like what is your mental health issue like where can we help you like are you depressed <laughs> or something like that and then you even like film yourself on tiktok and you know share it with the world without any shame on it and i think that's that's such a big topic because i think for my generation and god bless the generation of my father uh there was so much shame around mental health right like If somebody didn't function from the generation from my father, uh, this was an impossibility. 
Like, you know, they never got asked like, hey, how are you feeling at work? Like, do you have enough light to function like biologically? <laughs> it was like, here's your job and this is what you need to do. And if this is not done, you can find a new job. Bye. <laughs> yeah, no, that I think that's definitely well, that is a generational thing. And I think, well, obviously we can't blame our parents because I, I don't know what changed. Actually, I, I always try like I always wonder what changed between maybe like the millennial generation and now Gen Z. Like what suddenly changed? Because I feel like most of even our grandparents, like it's been just repeating history of generational trauma and not being given the tool to, you know, cure it. And suddenly it became so open. And I think probably that's also because of research and all that. But I don't sometimes it's just really interesting to wonder what changed and what caused that click in people's mind to especially in for us as younger generations because we have the access to all the platforms and social media and all that information where we can actually educate ourselves which our parents or grandparents didn't have but still it's really interesting to think about what provoked that because fundamentally speaking I feel like we as generations we each faced different issues and I, I don't want to say like some were graver than others but you know for example like our grandparents that's the typical example but for example our grandparents like most of them experienced had to go through the war and obviously it had an impact on their mental health which also led them to behave a certain way with their kids and you know pass on all that trauma from one generation to another but you know like it's interesting to think about what provoked that what part like what event in our generation or in life caused that we all became so interested in mental health and that's not a bad thing at all because now we can talk about it very freely but it's just yeah sometimes I just wonder really yeah I don't know what's all that interest about you're so right with what you're saying and I had the same and similar thoughts about it and I think war plays a big role because when you think my generation is the first generation who was raised without a war so you must be the generation that might be raised by a generation that didn't experience war. And I think that's the first time. Because I believe in former times, and I'm not an history expert at all, but I think in former times there was never this period where two generations didn't experience war. I think that's really a new thing. And I think the perception of security is what rules this change. Because, like... My parents, for them, security was like super important. And back in these times, if you had a good job, like for example, if you were working in a bank, then um, you know this was a very good job, and you earned good money. You could purchase a house from that, and you know you could provide very well for your family. And when you look at it now, um, the security doesn't exist anymore because if you work in a bank right now, it doesn't guarantee you anything. Like you're not having like the super biggest like salary. You're not guaranteed to be able to purchase a house. Quite the opposite. You're actually scared about your job because everything turns to be online. So I think in your generation, you don't have this like fake security, I want to call it. Because, you know, what my dad thinks is secure isn't anymore. Like, because when you look at his pension, for example, I mean, he's probably the last generation who even had like a, a halfway stable pension system. Because when you look at it now, there are so many elder people and not so much younger people. And we're supposed to cover like all these elder people. Like, how's that supposed to work? Right. 
So I think it's about, or a part of it is about this perception of security. And I think your generation is quite aware, you know, that this security that my parents thought is like cool and good security, that it's actually not, and that it's actually fake, <laughs> and that it's actually not secure at all anymore, and that it's not worth it to sell your soul and your well-being and your life satisfaction for money. And I think this is what changed, at least from how I see it, because you know, how I, like in how I was raised in my schools, with my background, that money was always a very important thing, right? Like in Monaco, it was important to have money. In Lake Constance, it was important to have money. Uh, in general, it's important to have many, money, otherwise you can't survive because you need to pay your rent. Rents are really high priced. Meanwhile, rents are going up. But I feel like the system is about to collapse, right? Because um, tell me, like, who, <laughs> which 18-year-old do you know <laughs> who started a job after school and can afford a flat to live in? Like, none. <laughs> exactly none. Without the help of the parents, right? So I think this whole system doesn't work anymore because when I understood it right in the generation of my dad, this was possible. And the employer, you know, gave you housing and stuff and they covered this. But I think, meanwhile, I like I never did an internship or anything where anybody, you know, gave me housing. <laughs> like this was always like, hey, yeah, you can work here, but uh, that's your problem. So I think this is a big thing what changed. And then also the openness, because, I mean, definitely for me, I can always only speak from my perception and from my experience and from my life. Um, I saw my parents suffering from mental health issues. And they weren't even aware of it because they didn't even talk about it. They didn't even know what that is. And therefore, for me, it's very important, you know, to not suffer the same pain and be aware of it and heal it instead of, you know, just carry on with my fake security. And I believe that maybe this change for your generation did it. Yeah, but still, I remember when I was younger, because um, my mom was really open about therapy and all that. So uh, when I was younger, I used to go to the therapist quite often. Um, and I remember, like, I was ashamed of talking about it. And it's, and it's only recently, to be honest, like, it's maybe only in the past like two years where I really was able to talk about the issues that I went through because of my mental health. But I remember already when I was younger, like that was so frowned upon and, you know, just the stigmas of like, oh, she's going to, if like, I would not talk about it because some of my friends when we were younger, they're like, yeah, like only crazy people go to therapy. Why would you go to therapy? What, like see a psychologist, like what is wrong with your head? So it's really crazy that, Wow, that's yeah. so sad. That's so sad when I hear this. Like, and you were kids, right? Can you give it like an age frame on, on how um, old you were? Well, I, I think I started going when I was six, like around six. And then I went till I was probably nine or 10, something like that. I, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was, well, my friends were older already because I skipped a class. And so my friends were all like eight or nine. And still, because also that was the parents' perception. Because obviously when you're a kid, you don't really realize what, a therapist or like what a psychologist represents so it was all the the words Absolutely. of the parents you know coming out of them but it was so odd that now we're so we're so open about it when not like really 10 years ago we could not talk about it as kids because you would be mocked because you know kids are innocent but kids can be mean yeah <laughs> exactly so yeah it's crazy and probably 10 years that perception changed completely and I think that's also because we identified that the way we were was also because of how our parents were 
raised and how our grandparents were raised and the issues that they passed onto their children and what they like our parents passed on to us without even realizing it um but yeah that that's crazy <laughs> i totally agree and i props to your mom really i want to say this publicly that she put you to a therapist because i told you that before um in our work relationship i think you're such a bright shining star really you're so clever you're so intelligent you can set boundaries and everything i mean i would wish that for my children <laughs> really so, so props to your mom <laughs> props to yeah. Mrs. <laughs> i find it so interesting that you just said you were like what did you say six mm -hmm. seven eight and your friends were older because you yeah. skipped a class and you were like bullied if you would have talked about it. And that's exactly how my whole childhood like resembles mm -hmm. in my memory. That if I would have ever said what I fear or what I'm scared of or, you know, if I'm not feeling well or just anything, what wouldn't have made me function in the group, I think I could have changed school after that, <laughs> honestly. Because <laughs> there was no way. Like I even got bullied because I did ballet. Oh, yeah like yeah for real and that wasn't even you know going to a therapist that was just a sport I liked and even that was too much for yeah. my kindergarten so like how do you approach it when when you are with let's say your friends who you already know and something is like not not good like first what could it be when you're not feeling good and how would you solve it with your friends like what, how would you approach it so I'm asking this because I want to give people, you know, help and an insight how easy it can be to cure if you're not feeling well. Yeah, so I think, because um, obviously, you know, this year was a lot for me going, moving from Switzerland and moving to Monaco, starting university, and that was a lot. But I think that's not the point where I struggled most with my mental health. I think when I was 16 was really, really bad. And uh, at that point, I just kept everything to myself. So that's definitely not an advice. <laughs> and I was able to talk about yeah. it only later. And, you know, um, I think a big part of it at first was that was not helping me is that instead of feeling everything, um, I tried to intellectualize it and understand it, understand it without really coping with it. I don't know. It was a bit odd. So um, I think what mm -hmm. started to help is that I started actually being more comfortable and identifying what had happened and what precisely hurt me. And then I started talking about it with my friends who did not realize that I was going through such a hard time at the time. Um, and obviously they were really supportive. But um, as I said, this year was a lot for me as well with all the stress and that. And I think... Um, I have a roommate and I'm extremely lucky to have her because we were comfortable with each other really, really quick. And, you know, when you live with someone, mm -hmm. if something goes bad and you just break down, you can't really hide it because you have someone with you 24-7. So I think um, what yeah. helped was that I knew we, we were really open with each, with each other uh, at the beginning. Like, I think we started after one week of living together, we just had a wine night and we talked about everything because <laughs> it was just, yeah, wow. <laughs> it was just easier like that. But we just talked about everything. 
which helped a lot afterwards in our relationship. And that's, I think she understood me so well because we had similar issues and similar relationships and stuff that had happened in our lives, you know, were, were similar. So we were able to really understand what the other was feeling or going through. And I think that's what helped because after, if I was feeling bad or anything, I was not ashamed to go up to her and be like, yeah, this upset me. Like, and she was really, she gave the best advice I think I've ever had. Like, I was really upset about the situation. And she told me, like, she mm -hmm. was like, you are so attached to people that do not care or do not reciprocate that the energy that you're giving. You just, mm -hmm. like, they, they're not worthy. I know it hurts, but they're not worthy. Just let them go. And showing them that you don't care is going to be the best medicine. And it's what's going to hurt them more than it's going to hurt you. And that was like, I don't know what happened. It clicked in my head and I completely changed my attitude and it helps so much. Mm -hmm. uh, but definitely, I think what helped at first, like whenever I had a problem or feeling down because of my mental health is that we were so open with each other that we just could talk about it. And it was a safe space. Like I know that she's not, never going to tell to other people what she like, what I told her and similar, like, It's the same for me. I'm never mm -hmm. going to tell people what she told me. So just being in an environment where I felt safe and I knew I could trust the person and I could talk about everything without any judgment. I think that was the best, like what helped me the most. But obviously, I know not everybody is, you know, lucky to have people that they trust 100% because it, it is quite rare and sometimes we can make mistakes and get affiliated with people who are not good for us but I think just being open about it and not talk about it like it's like you're ashamed of it I think because people take what you give them so if you give them the feeling that you're ashamed they're gonna use that against you because they feel your shame I don't know it's so valuable what you're saying like I'm I'm like listening I'm like nodding and nodding and nodding and nodding so thank you, first of all, for sharing your story. I think it's always better to have like, you know, a personal story um, than just talking like in this abstract scenarios. And I think what you just said mm -hmm. hit so many people probably. It also hit me. Of course, I had the same issue. And I think it's, I, I think like my girlfriends and I, we talked about this a lot as well. And I think it's one of the hardest things to learn that if you put effort, it doesn't mean that you get the same effort back. And that if you put love into someone, you don't get the same love back and that this is life. I think this was the hardest lesson for me and probably for a lot of other people too. So the advice that your roommate gave you is probably not only super valuable and, you know, switching uh, the switch for you, but probably for everyone listening to this who didn't get the lesson yet. So thank you yeah. for sharing that. Um, how do you identify people you can trust? Because I found this such a hard thing for the past 10 years and I you know, I'm still insecure about it. I'm still like not sure who I can trust. It was such a big, big learning for me. That was a year long learning. How to identify people I can trust. So how did you manage to figure out your roommate and how did you establish trust with her? Um, to be honest, I am not even sure that I have an answer to that because I have a really <laughs> good gut feeling about people. Like really, really good. Um, so I've never really had problems with people like you know people backstabbing me or stuff like that because 
I've always identified, at least my friends, obviously, like, you know, sometimes relationships in general can be a bit more difficult and sometimes you think you know a person and that's not really the case. But at least with my friends, I've always surrounded myself with people that I can trust. Like, I've, I have a friend that I met when I first started primary school and I was six years old and she's still my friend, like one of my closest friends to this day because I've never, like, I really have never felt um like I've never doubted her because I knew she was a good person um so I don't really know how to answer that to be quite quite honest because um yeah I, I feel like already did yeah the gut feeling I, not I feel like everybody yeah. has it even you know sometimes it's so easy to try and ignore it but at the end of the day you know when you go to sleep at night and you overthink about stuff and you're like oh my god like I'm not a hundred percent sure about that and like my gut is telling me that and you ignore it I think that more often than not, it just proves itself to be right. Like your gut feeling is really, like often is right. No, oh, you're such a golden girl, really, Lilu. I'm so happy to have <laughs> met you. I think you're so fabulous. And as I told you, will go so far in your career, whatever you're going to choose as like the working field. Like so everybody in the fashion industry, like we have a journalist sitting here, <laughs> which you should really consider for, for traineeships and stuff after she's done studying. Um, you know, since a few years my like slogan for my life is follow your intuition because I didn't learn this from home and I had to figure that out what after like my life totally crashed so that you're able to hear your intuition in the age of 19 I think is really outstanding and I don't know maybe it's normal in your generation is it like are people talking about intuition uh not really no. <laughs> I don't okay think, okay yeah I didn't want to yeah. just assume it because I was about to say that you're able to listen to your intuition and that you, you can hear it, you know. Some people don't hear it until they're like 50 plus or they don't mm -hmm. hear it at all before they die. So maybe this is the last advice that we can give in this podcast episode before we close it to our listeners. So how do you see it? Like, what can they do in order to hear their intuition? Um, I think... Sometimes what helps is also to trust that you're doing the right thing because sometimes we want to figure out every step of the way and I'm guilty of that. I would love to know where I'm going to be in like five years. Like I would, I think I would kill someone if I, if I knew I didn't know exactly <laughs> where I was, you know. Um, but trust that you're doing your best, I, I guess. Like you're like, if something happens, that's how I've looked at it. And I've tried to look at everything that has happened to me so far, you know, even though sometimes it was really painful. I tried to look at it and see where it brought me and what it taught me. And even though, like, because I was guilty of that as well, like not listening to my intuition and then just being backstabbed by some of the people that were the closest to me. Um, mm -hmm. I just learned from it as in, I, I now I'm here because of that if that hadn't happened and I hadn't followed you know like I have my path I, I believe that I kind of have my path kind of already planned out and that I can't really control it that's also a personal belief because I know not everybody is going to resonate with that but I trust that I'm doing the right things for me and that whatever is supposed to happen is going to happen and I think that helps with intuition because If you feel like deep down something is meant for you or is not, then it also goes along alongside with 
you're doing what's good for you and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing as well. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> it does. I agree so much. So let's summarize this maybe into a couple of steps. So you should always have a safe space and people you trust. That's one mm -hmm. thing that we found out together. Then second, in order to hear your intuition, you need to trust that you're doing things right. And even though you're uncertain about the outcome, you're trusting that you're giving your best. And that is how you fail forward let's call it like that because I think there's no such thing as perfection you know if you strive mm -hmm. for perfection then it's great but it will probably not satisfy you in the end of the day but if yeah. you just strive to you know go forward then it does and that everything that is not going in the way that one has wanted like backstabbing or any negative experiences they are actually important because they lead you on the way where you need to be and therefore there's nothing to be scared of yeah exactly wow i think that's a beautiful <laughs> ending isn't it for the podcast episode yeah i think that's a very positive ending as well okay so thank you so much for your time thank, thank you, you for being my guest at happy kid monday and to all the listeners if you have any questions send us a direct message happy kid monday bye <laughs>